0: Hey, what is going on? Welcome back to the Take One and Give One podcast. This is another White Belt Wednesday segment just for you guys. We had a couple questions we're going to get answered here for you guys on White Belt Wednesday. But first, as always, I want to thank WOR Athletics, that's War Athletics, for being a sponsor for the podcast. And thank each and every one of you for the questions, responses, and suggestions. Let's get started how's everyone doing welcome back to what uh white belt wednesday let's get right into these questions first question coming from elias what is your biggest uh piece of advice for a white belt that wants to compete so White belt in general, uh, I would say competing is probably one of the <clears throat> quickest ways to kind of test yourself and what you've learned and kind of learn, um, just learn what not to do and what to do the quickest route. You know, obviously training is going to be one thing, but actually putting it into application and live roles with someone you don't know is going to be huge. So for me one of the biggest tips I would say is when you're training and I know I've probably said this uh, something similar in another episode, but when you're training, you should always have a goal of what you're trying to do. Um, I know a lot of people like to just roll and see what they fall into or see what ends up happening, you know, quote unquote, just fall into a submission, which isn't realistic at all, but it happens. Uh, A lot of people like to just roll and free flow and, You know, that is fun and that's, you know, it has its place, but when you're going to competition and especially leading up to a competition, generally the way that you are training and the things that you're training are what you're going to execute and the way you're going to execute in competition. So, um, always pick, um, let's just say you want an arm triangle, right? You want a head and arm choke and arm triangle, that should be your focus all the way through to the submission. from starting position to submission, you should be practicing and drilling the same movements. Obviously, it's not gonna work every single time. Don't get me wrong, but excuse me, uh, whenever you whenever you get your body used to those movements over and over and over again, even if it's a short period of time you're training, you're more than likely gonna be, naturally inclined to do that movement so even though you may not be the best guy at the arm triangle you may be able to get to it and or uh, finish it just on the merit of that's what I've been working on leading up to this moment now another another uh, good tip on that would be when you are training uh, in the gym you, you need to know that you're working on something, and you're trying to get better at something, or and or drilling something specific for a reason. Your training partner also has those goals and those, um, you know, those things in mind. So, a good a good way to go about it, a good tip for for you in in the training room is let them know what you're kind of what your goals are you don't necessarily have to tell them the the move or anything but be like hey i'm gonna work on something give me 60 percent and the next one give me 80 percent and okay all in all in or 10 percent you know whatever the whatever the case may be and then ask your training partners if there's anything specific they're trying to trying to accomplish as well uh, that's really a good way to to make it to a good place on uh, on training so that being said, um, you know, just be deliberate. That's that's kind of the point of that answer. Uh, so, Elias, just just be deliberate in your actions. Pick a move. Pick us, uh, you know, a series of moves, and stick with it and drill that until you're ready to compete. And again, competition is competition. Just go out there, have a good time, and do your best. You know, especially at a white belt. You know, those are your learning. Those are your learning tournaments. I mean, obviously you want to win at all at all your tournaments, but realistically, you know, you're not gonna win them all. So go out there, give it everything you got, but have a plan. Because if you don't have a plan, you're just setting yourself up for failure. <coughs> Let's see. I got another one here. It says when I'm when I'm training, I seem to get uh I seem to get bumped bumps and bruises and I'm sore all over is there any way to say? oh is there any way to avoid these or is it just a part of the game well <laughs> well uh, unfortunately you are going to be sore you are going to be um you know you're going to have some bumps and bruises along the way uh, I, as you get more into it obviously there's more that comes with that but early on you should expect to be a little sore um now it depends on what you're getting it from right so if you're being if you're the spazzy guy or someone you know if another um you know male or female is in there and they're they're the spazzy white belt and you're just getting kneed and elbowed and kicked upside the head for no reason that's one thing now if you're rolling and they're doing things correctly and you know you're drilling your knee slice pass and you know all those things, you're gonna have a lot of soreness mainly because you're using a lot of muscles and muscle groups that you don't ever use. So uh, I would I would imagine you know looking looking overall jiu Jitsu, if you've never trained jiu- Jitsu or if you're early on in the white belt days, you're probably gonna have bruises on your biceps. You're probably gonna have bruises and soreness on your inner thighs because those are two of the targeting places where you don't really, um, use all the time, especially as often as you're going to get, um, you know, gripped and, or, you know, pressure on during jujitsu. Cause jujitsu, a lot of your, uh, a lot of the small muscle groups is really what, you know, what gets sore just because you're not, they're not worked out at, ever. So, you know, you can be a marathon runner. You can run 26 miles and it's whatever. And you not get tired, but one minute on the mats and most people will be exhausted. So it it's a different level of cardio. It's a different level of comfort that comes with um, the constant working out in jiu-jitsu. So I would say the bumps and bruises will most likely always be there in the beginning. Soreness is probably always going to be there generally, but it's more or less on how hard you train. Um, one way, I will say one way to avoid injuries and pain is to tap, um, you know, just tap in, in the training room. It, you know, there's, it's just tap early and often because, you know, I, a lot of people, they have full-time jobs, they have careers, they have you know, whatever it is that they have going on, they have family, you know, you ain't trying to get your shoulder blown out with a Kimura or, you know, get heel hooked and have not be able to walk for months, you know? So for me, it really should come down to just tapping early and then, you know, dealing with the fact that you got caught in a submission. Most, most people that train, um, uh, especially if you've trained for a while, You know, if you get caught in a deep armbar, if you get caught in a heel hook, there really is no point to, like, fight, to try to fight out of it. Just tap and be like, oh, you caught me in whatever it was, armbar. Because, I mean, there's really no reason to try to fight out of it unless it's just your ego is, you know, going to get bruised. But they're, um, they're very seldomly going to be moments in training where you should be going that hard to where you get hurt like that. So, and that's my opinion, obviously different people train different ways. Um, I've trained for over a decade and I have zero to prove. I have nothing to prove to anyone. I will let a white belt take my back and I'll work my way out of it. And if they catch me in a renegade choke and I'm just not able to get out, I will tap because that's just, it's training. There's no, you you can have a moral victory, maybe it'll boost your confidence. But for me, I've always been always, and you can ask anyone that I've ever rolled with, I put myself in bad positions all the time. Because if I know that you can't get to those positions on me, you know, the chances of you getting there are already going to be very low. And then if you can get to those positions on me, I got to work on getting out. So most people try to, you know, Submit I me, mean, you know, whenever you're a higher rank belt, there's always a little bit of a target on your back. If you enter, you know, a room full of like purple belts, especially, it just feels like, you know, they're trying to prove themselves and it's not and and a lot of the way to get that out of the way. is just, you know, put yourself in a bad position, let them have like their moral victory <clears throat> and then it becomes, you know, whatever, just an easy rule. So, you know, tap, in training, often, you know, you want to be able to return to training the next day and get better, you know, figure out why you got caught, figure out why you got in the submission, and then just work your way uh, back and reverse engineer that stuff. Now, if it's competition and you're actually in a in a match for, you know, gold or whatever at whatever tournament, you know, IBJJF or, you know, whatever the tournament may be. Sure, you know, obviously try harder, try to escape. If you think you can, you know, fight your way out, go ahead. But again, unless there's a you know, some kind of money on the line, I mean I'm not gonna push it too far. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna let a heel hook go like uh you know, like the way Mikey tore um the that last opponent's knee into a million pieces. um, Like there's, there's no purpose. There's no purpose for that for me. You know, there's no tournament that's going to pay me that much money that I'm going to risk my ability to, you know, pay, pay the bills. So um, yeah, I, I would just say, you know, one of the easiest tips is tap early and figure out what happened instead of getting in an arm bar and just, you know, letting your elbow crack, snap, and just pop all, all over the place for you to get submitted anyway. <laughs> you know, or you get out and then you know the round ends is like, oh, why did I let my arm get, you know, all beat up for no reasons? So it's it's pretty silly and it, it sounds, <clears throat> it sounds like why would anyone do that? But it happens more often than not. So be safe in training. Know that it's just training and. You know, just try to get better. Mm. I might have one more here. Who's okay? Okay, here's a here's a good question from, from White Belt. Well, why does it look simple and almost natural when I watch some of the purple belts and brown belts roll, but when I try to do the same movements, I it just looks it looks like I'm a fish out of water. So one, one thing to understand is most people that have reached Brown belt and black belt, and even some purple belts have been training and doing these moves for a very long time. You know, um, one of the reasons you may feel like a fish out of water is just you're not very proficient at the movements. You know, the techniques are always going to be, um, you know, mastered with time. You know, I, mastered is a strong word. You're going to get better at, at any movement by repetition. You will never be perfect at jiu-jitsu. You're never going to be all-knowing in jiu-jitsu. And there's always going to be someone that can be can beat you there's always going to be someone better than you that's just a fact um and it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter who the biggest name you can think of in jiu-jitsu doesn't matter if it's gordon ryan doesn't matter if it's anybody every person can be beat in jiu-jitsu there's no there's no miracle there's no you know pill that's going to make you smarter or outlast anybody can you be stronger sure can you be quicker sure can you be more technical yes but repetition and having like your own you know your own style is really what's going to get you forward so when you're watching other practitioners and other jiu-jitsu athletes you're seeing their movements And you're trying to mimic their movements. You have to take every technique and every position and make it your own. Because you don't move like them. You don't do what they do. And a lot of the times you don't have the time that they do. Um, A lot of the big name athletes that you see, uh, especially at the top of the game in jiu-jitsu, train all day long. You know, eight to eight hours. In Mikey Musmessi's case, 12 hours a day. Drilling and training all day. I could only dream of having that lifestyle. And of course, if any person trains six, even six hours a day, you should ex- be expected to be good. You should be expected to be real good at jiu-jitsu. So don't take it as though that you are not capable of doing those moves. Just try to integrate those movements into your style and your game you know not everyone hits the same triangle not everyone hits the same pass and not everyone has the same system of control everybody is different and you know someone who's been training for you know 10 years is going to be more used to and comfortable with movements than you at you know three months of jiu-jitsu so don't take it as, again, as you're not able or capable of doing the movements. You may just seem to yourself like a fish out of water, but the guy that just came into the gym or the, the kid or the lady that just came into the gym and started and this is their second day, you may already look smooth and technical and you know <clears throat> proficient in that movement. So don't doubt yourself. Work hard and just, just keep the repetitions up and you're going to get there as Chris Howder once said, you know, it's not, it's not about who's the best. It's about who's still there. So if you're going to be, if your goal is to be Jiu Jitsu black belt, your goal should never be to be the best in the world, right out the gate. Your goal should be, I want to be able to come train and, and do what I do for the rest of my life, or at least long term. The, the goal of black belt is usually achieved by those who make this their long-term goal, not by those who make it <clears throat> just, you know, their, I'm going to do this in like five years. It's not realistic, you know. Very few people have gotten their jiu-jitsu black belts in a short amount of time like that. I think, I think there's only a handful of jiu-jitsu practitioners that are at the three- and four-year mark got their black belts. The majority of people get their black belts at an average of 10 years. So keep that in mind. And you know, your goal should just be to be better every day. You train to get a little bit better. So that is, uh, that is our episode today of white belt Wednesday. Um, if you, again, if you have questions, send them in. i always happy to have, uh, people give their suggestions and their uh, outlook on even my answers so hit me up if you want to be if you want to be a part of the podcast and I appreciate every single one of you so again thank you for giving or taking that one chance